listeners. I am Antea. And I'm Dasha. And welcome to Shelf Awareness, a podcast that discusses anything and everything about literature, films, music, and art. First of all, we would like to thank everyone who viewed our last episode. The support has been wonderful and we just can't thank you enough. So we'll be moving on to what we'll be discussing today. Today we'll be going into the topic of banned books, specifically in the United States. And we would like to give a disclaimer that our opinions are quite polarized and neither of us is necessarily right or wrong when it comes to the situation. Also, each book we discuss does contain some spoilers, so if you haven't read it yet, you might want to skip ahead in the episode. We have timestamps for each book, and they'll be in the episode description, so you can skip to a book that you have read and don't mind, you know, discussing with a little bit of spoilers as to, like, the endings or whatever. And now, let the controversial discussions begin. This topic makes me annoyed and angry because I just, (laughs) I don't like the idea of censoring books in any kind of way. I think books and most media should be open to the public, to the general public to read and should be available to them. And the public should have the choice. The people should have the choice to read what they would like to read. In the case of schools, I know that's a bit different. Disagree, disagree. disagree. Please, please do explain why you disagree on this subject. Disagree, we'll go into this later. So first book. We're doing Of Mice and Men, which is actually regularly on the top 100 banned books list in the U.S. Now, Ante and I both read this in school. Mm-hmm. I read it when I was in, what is that, like ninth grade? Ninth grade. Yeah. I read it in 10th grade. 10th grade. Yeah. Actually, no, I was in 8th grade, but it was a ninth grade, like, book list type of thing. So, we both read it at school. Controversial. Um, and it is praised for its realism on one hand, because Steinbeck actually won the Nobel Prize for his definitely memorable characters. Who forgets Lenny and George and Curly and Curly's wife and Candy's dog? I still remember their names. I still do. (laughs) Yeah. And also for that stark depiction and those vivid descriptions of prejudice and discrimination based on race, mental ability, and income, which are not easily discussed topics, which I think he seamlessly like integrates in this really compelling story. Yeah, I I think those those themes are actually one of the reasons why this book is banned, but we'll discuss that <laughs> later. Yeah. So due to the treatment, the, the way that this book depicts the treatment of women, uh that the way that it has vul- the amount of vulgarity, um, racism and racial slurs that this book often presents. Uh, It is banned in schools due to the controversiality of exposing young minds to difficult and or vulgar topics. And, but this, in my opinion, it is important to have, to, for children to be exposed to these topics, to be aware of these topics and to know that how our world functions, but that's just my opinion. Anyways, (laughs) Steinbeck, we'll be going into an example. Steinbeck creates a, well, creates a character called Crooks, who is a black man who works on a ranch. He is described as described as being literate and intelligent by the author, but the other characters often ignore this because of the color of his skin, often using derogatory racial slurs to define him. This is, but in fact, this is Steinbeck's way of criticizing racism in his society, but it, but it is often misunderstood and can be triggering and or uncomfortable to readers. 
That is definitely true. Like there's specifically the way that it is used to define him is that they are constantly calling him a racial slur as opposed to, you know, treating him as a man, which mm-hmm. I can agree is, is, you know, it can be very triggering to some people. So, yes. um, and before we go directly into that, w- there's another controversial aspect to the book, which contributes to the fact that it's banned in so many schools, mm-hmm. specifically in the United States, but I know also in other areas of the world, it's truly, it is banned. Um, so Steinbeck also through this book brings up the topic of euthanasia into this great big conversation that is made throughout the book. So initially, Carlson, which is like just a, a random character, just a in character yeah. in the book who provides some sort of dialogue and also kills Candy's dog. That's like his defining moment. Candy's dog is old and crippled and suffering greatly. So when Carlson kills Candy's dog, it's under the premise of mercy killing or sim- akin to euthanasia. However, this idea resurfaces when, major spoiler alert, (laughs) George has to kill Lenny to save him from the repercussions of strangling Curly's wife. Now, this is like a big, like, plot twist. It's the end of the book. We're not even going to go into how emotionally (laughs) heart-wrenching that was for me. Dasha cried. (laughs) As an eighth grader, reading this out loud to my class. Dasha cried. Through tears. Tears, I tell you. Like, I loved Lenny. I really did. He was, like, a great character. He was a sweet character. He was so he was, sweet. And despite it, him being a little bit... Uh, it was just heartbreaking. Despite him having some, uh, let's say... He was men. slow, of course. He was slow, he yeah. He represents a whole group of people that needs to be represented. And the fact that it ended like this for him, him who just wanted to spread, like, sweetness and love, but just didn't know. Didn't know, know the of, way. Yeah, didn't, didn't know. know the way. It was just so painful. And also, on the topic of, a brief side note, on the topic of the fact that Lenny kills Curly's wife, Curly's wife never actually is given a name. And for those of you who listened to episode one, you'll notice that there's a trend here. There is a big trend that's going on with how uh, women are usually portrayed in literature. They're not given names, people. We need to give women names. Women (laughs) are people, too. We are not just defined by the man's name. (laughs) Uh, We'll go too deep into into that. that. That's a side note. That's a topic for another episode, yeah. Just pointing out some trends. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so those are the major, let's say, reasons as to why this book is banned. So it, it really, it has to do with the vulgarity, the racial slurs, um, just the way that it portrays the treatment of women in general. And it also has to do with this concept of euthanasia, which in the United States and in many places in the world is still quite controversial, whether it, sh- it should be allowed, which it, whether it even should be legal. So especially the comparison that is made explicitly by Steinbeck between a dog and a human being. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because I, it still is difficult because it still is difficult. Uh, of because of course you put Lenny animals. The thing is, Lenny doesn't have a choice. He doesn't choose to, to you know, to actually. Of be course, but I would argue that they would not use this concept of like the. You can't compare. Okay, how, how should I go about this? Like, <laughs> Lenny, as a mentally this. ill person, is almost compared to the dog. To a dog. Which is so controversial. And I can see how this can be, like... Difficult. And, yeah, it's, it's not... Yeah. Uh, but, on the other hand, I <laughs> still think that this book should not be banned. And, Dasha, you can give your reason as to why you don't think... That you think... Wait, 
that you think why this should be banned in certain cases? In certain cases. So hear me out, everyone who is very anti-censorship. Like um, <laughs> so I think depending on the situation, certain ages are just not mature to be exposed to this kind of thing. These conversations are not for the faint of heart. They're honest, in my personal opinion, with a class of eighth graders, maybe I was mature enough to be reading this kind of thing, but certain people in my class certainly were, were not. not. So, like... Yeah, but this isn't... This shouldn't have been read to you. Man, See, but that's when it gets into it. Of course, we shouldn't censor it, but on the other hand, there should be ages or just levels of maturity... When this is recommended. Yes. I agree. Like, I think it shouldn't be... It shouldn't go to the point as to say that people who are, let's say, 15, 16, 17 years old should not be allowed to read this. Because I think that we shouldn't underestimate how much a 15 to 17-year-old knows about the world. And it's it's not fair to just ban this book and not give them the chance to read and expose themselves to such difficult topics. And even the way that life worked back in the 1930s, I believe, because yes. this was written during the Great, the Great Depression. Depression yeah. So I think that's my stance. I agree that, yes, there is... These shouldn't be exposed to every single age group, but the idea of banning it is still, yeah, it's not. And funny. also to elaborate, I think that certain books like this, like especially if you're dealing with younger readers, even if they are on the more mature side, they should be read in a classroom setting mm -hmm. where they can be sort of, you know, analyzed and that sort of thing so they can really grasp Steinbeck's message because it is definitely a complex message. He... I would say he definitely argues against racism. He's trying to point out the flaws of a racist society. And he's trying to com communicate a message about euthanasia. So that needs to be really analyzed. And I feel like a student reading that on their own might completely misunderstand it. So on to the next band book for some comedic relief. Let's briefly detour from euthanasia and racism to Rod Dahl's James and the Giant Peach. Yes, you heard me right. Oh, well, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. So according to our very reliable, very reliable, very reliable <laughs> Google search, James and the Giant Peach has been banned multiple times in the U.S. because of references to alcohol, drugs, violence, and quote-unquote suspicious behavior. What, what does that even mean? I, I admit, when I was younger, this book did confuse me a little bit. It's a weird book. Yeah. So in 1986, a Wisconsin town bandit because of the scene featuring a spider licking her lips could be taken in two ways, one of which could be problematically sexual. Which, okay, again, <laughs> it's a weird book, no. but why are you reading so much into it? Whoever, whoever decided to ban this book is really reading too much into the fact that a spider licked her lips. Like, why? That makes no sense. Oh, oh, and also, to go into a more problematic aspect of the book, which made us realize that this might not be as funny as we originally thought, um, well... The word ass is mentioned once, and I get it, it's a kid's book, and you don't want to use, like, words like that, but okay. A kid would never be able to tell. And there's also another aspect. There's a line where a character, the old green grasshopper, says, I'd rather be fried alive than be eaten by a Mexican. <sighs> Crickets chirp. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe, you know what, I might have to retract my statement about, um, 
banning books. If there's one book that needs to be banned in this world, it's this one. This one's a, it's a hell of a Honestly, book. Honestly, that totally flew by my head as a kid. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I cannot remember reading that. Like, I remember after I finished it, I was like, it's a weird book. It's what, a hell of what weird did book. I, what just happened? Like, it is. <sighs> Roald Dahl has written fantastic books. I won't deny it, but this is definitely not <laughs> the best. It's kind of a weird, it kind of happens. It's a weird one. Yeah, the word weird is popping up a lot, but like in, in other aspects, I have a feeling he did have some sort of agenda in writing this book. And we don't like to think of Roald Dahl like that. Yeah, we don't like to. Roald Dahl's a legend. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure he had a reason for doing all of these things, and that might be problematic with you know, a lot of states or in the U.S. or whatever, that he's really pushing something on young children. Or or it's being read too much into, you know, you never know. Either I way. mean, when you got a line like that, you Yeah, gotta, no, no, that, no, I'm not saying about that line. Notice. I'm talking about the spider line. That is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that line, yes, I agree that is not okay. But the other line, what even, why are you reading into, like, imagine a town banning it for that specific reason, but not banning it for the other line. The other line could be perceived as being okay by <laughs> yeah, certain by certain. Oh, oh my uh, goodness! Yeah. Anyways, next is *The Great Gatsby*. I love that book so much. One of my absolute favorites. Fun fact: F. Scott Fitzgerald died thinking he was a failure, despite writing this amazing novel, which is now known as *The Great American Novel*. Now that is tragic. It is absolutely tragic. I mean, how could you? Mm, it's yeah, it is. But anyways. Uh, the book was criticized for language and sexual references, specifically a moment when the main character, Nick, describes another character, Miss Baker, and I quote, I looked at Miss Baker, wondering what it was she got done. I enjoyed looking at her. She was a slender, slender, small-breasted girl with an erect marriage, which she had accentuated by throwing her body backward at the shoulders like a young cadet. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, but... Yes, yes, but this book is so much more than that quote. I agree with you on that. It's like, true. I get that it might be uncomfortable. Like, for a person reading that out loud in front of, like, a class of, what, fellow 14, 15-year-olds? To fellow 14-years-olds uh, to read. I mean, it's not that, come on, it's like, not that bad, though. Like, and obviously, like, I would not recommend that a third grader, you know, is reading that. <laughs> I mean, just this might be uncomfortable to a third grader, certainly. But, but not, like... To a but young for adult. a young adult in high school reading this book in class under the supervision of a teacher, or even for them, just for themselves, yeah, or just for themselves, like there's so much more to this masterpiece than a quote like that. And I mean, this is this is reality, you know? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm not saying that looking at a person in such an objectifying manner or anything like that is okay, but like you need to be realistic and not overlook the like very real aspects of a book yeah. or you know the very important aspects of this book in this case yeah so and and that's part of the problem um taking the piece of literature out of its social context and criticizing it is a problem and this is what the reason for banning this book doesn't make sense uh this novel depicts the reality of the jazz age in 1920s america and F. Scott Fitzgerald basically revived a whole era of American history in a tangible way that still speaks today to high school, to high schoolers, to young adults, to anyone who reads this novel. It's it's really magical. Like what he did is took something that for somebody reading, you know, just I don't know, like a history.com. 
<laughs> whatever about the jazz age you know it's not tangible you don't experience it but when you're reading the great gatsby it's, it's real. so immersive you know you feel like you're there you somehow relate to those characters it is it is a great novel and in a sense it just shows how in a way it points out a lot of flaws of society back at that in the 1920s and which is why this book is so much more important than just a line that could be considered slightly sexual. What do you think? I totally agree. Those, like, the flaws that it points out continue to be topics of conversation today. Like, let's just go into a brief set of examples. The symbolic but elusive American dream. Classism with, like, the, what was it, the old egg and the new egg? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so much more that we we can't even get to for time's sake. Like, maybe a future episode. Who knows? Exactly. This is a a lovely book. We we (laughs) both, we love The Great Gatsby. I actually... I struggled to read this book. Do you remember that? Like I, I know. Uh, I had one of the sources that we were reading said that the Great Gatsby is subjecting generations of high schoolers to boredom, and I very strongly disagree. <laughs> I my fourteen years old of self would have agreed, but my eighteen years old self does not. <laughs> I love this novel with all my heart. I, I actually can't believe that I couldn't read it. Like I, at first, when I picked it up, I was like, no. <laughs> now and then I read it again and I was like oh this is amazing it's yeah it, it really is and how can you deprive generations <laughs> or even like schools or states or counties whatever how can you deprive human beings of that knowledge of that like of a in, masterpiece uh, enlightenment that can be provided by Escott Fitzgerald's masterpiece on to our final and possibly most obvious banned book which is Brave New World personal opinion I hated that book couldn't finish it. <laughs> I, on the other hand, loved it. So you can tell that on certain topics, we have a very we have very strong opinions. <laughs> it was banned for a high volume of offensive and derogatory language, as well as stereotypical views and misinformation on Native Americans. Honestly, real talk, I didn't make it that far into the book, but. Yeah, no, I can't and couldn't handle it, so I'm totally with him on this one. <laughs> don't don't spread that kind of bad uh, stuff. I, on the other hand, will tell you to read the book, but just, just keep a mind out for it. Like I'm, I'm the kind. I read this book twice. Like I absolutely love this book, and and I can, however, I can understand that this book has some problematic and inaccurate imagery and stereotypical views on what is considered civilized and what isn't. But this novel predicted so many aspects of contemporary culture and society. It predicted biogenetic engineering, the unhealthy worship of technological technological innovation and even pleasure, as well as class divisions, to name a few. Well, I mean... I, as a person who honestly could not stand this book, (laughs) I know what we said about The Great Gatsby and how you can't take a single piece and use it to define the whole and, you know, drop all the merit of the book, but I could not see the merit. I was so... I think... (laughs) Okay, the reason I actually love this book so much is because it, it has this idea that the world is trying to, is striving for this unhealthy worship of technology, trying to remove everything that is real and ugly in our world uh, and confusing in our world with solely hedonistic pleasure. And 
it just shows that society is moving towards that. And that's why I see merit in this book, despite the fact that it's a very, it's a very difficult and very graphic novel to read. But I still think that it has some sort of merit. And that's just my personal opinion. When I read this book, I say, wow, this, the author, he really predicted almost some, some very prominent aspects in our society. That's just my opinion. Honestly, I can't agree with you on those aspects. But my issue was that it was just so confusing that you almost couldn't visibly, like obviously tell whether he was criticizing or advocating or who was the good character who was the bad character it's so muddled that it can be really confusing to a young mind that's life though like if you think about it it's up to your interpretation but yes i agree that it can be confusing that's why i had to read this book twice the more you read it the more you the better it gets you you can understand i guess you need to have an idea of what you're reading to really get and get onto his boat of what he's trying to say because when you're not expecting much you end up being so confused so like (laughs) you need a little bit of background i was betrayed i was like why am i being forced to read this i wasn't expecting it when i read the title brave new world i was like oh that's gonna be a good i know it's It's pioneering it's still to me i still like it i quite like it it just wasn't what i expected when i heard the title brave but I can understand. It's it has merit. That's my opinion to Dash that it doesn't have merit and should be banned off of every bookstore in America. <laughs> but agreed, I, yes, petition. But yeah. Okay, so to close these very interesting discussions, it's evident that there are certain recurring themes when discussing both censorship. Um, and I think that goes not only for the U.S. Those major themes of controversy and violence, sexual references, racism, and derogatory languages are banned all over the world. They're taboo. They're difficult. Um, However, uh, the main message that we should get from this episode in general is that if you don't like a book, just don't read it. <laughs> just drop it and leave it. Just leave it. Don't attempt to censor it because depriving other people of knowledge is not something that you or anyone else is entitled to do. Except in the case of children <laughs> who are easily molded and can misunderstand certain ideas in a potentially harmful way. And that that discussion, that opposition, the controversy is where things get complicated. Some honorable mentions that we were unable to include, but could potentially be discussed in a part two if you all want that, are Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman, The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne, and To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Thank you all so much for listening to Shelf Awareness, and look out for our next episode on The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. That book never gets old. Your puns are terrible. (laughs) 